according to a research report released in mid-2020 by the York Tribal Court and the Sovereign Bodies Institute, quote, each of the families and survivors we spoke with communicated feelings of being unheard, ignored, neglected, left behind, and forgotten by law enforcement. Those broken relationships with law enforcement are why advocates and relatives of missing and murdered Indigenous women blew up Twitter in September 2021 when they saw just how differently authorities and the media were treating the case of another missing woman. You guessed it, Gabby Petito. It always comes back to her case, doesn't it? But it makes sense, right? Because it was Gabby's case that really highlighted the inequities that women of color face when it comes to our missing cases. So I'm back today with another case from Northern California covering the lost women of the Lost Coast. And today we are going to talk about 26-year-old Angela Lynn McConnell. Angela was raised by her mother, Tammy Carpenter, on the Hoopa Valley Reservation in Humboldt County. Her story, like Andrea White's, is mired by a seemingly failure of a response on many parts and to this day is still unsolved. From all accounts, Angela was described as a loving and caring person. She was proud of her Hoopa culture and proud of her roots that included Mojave, Carrick, and Yurik. From looking at her pictures, she was just this lovely blend of indigenous culture. She was a 2010 graduate of Hoopa Valley High School and took several classes at College of the Redwoods in Eureka with the intention of re-enrolling there for general education courses to get into the nursing program. However, her ultimate goal was to be a journalist and a creative writer. Angela was a proficient writer and was known for her stories and poetry. On September 7, 2018, Angela, along with her boyfriend, Michael Thomas Bingham Jr., were found shot in the head on the outskirts of the town of Shasta Lake. They had apparently been camping on private land near Michael's father's house, and it was his dad that discovered their bodies. Angela's cousin had stated that it was Michael's sister who had gotten in touch with the family to let them know that Angela was found dead. Tammy had stated that she couldn't reach law enforcement and couldn't understand what her daughter would have been doing on that land. When she had driven to the Shasta County Sheriff's Office headquarters in Reading, she struggled to get answers. Eventually, a detective emerged to let her know that Angela's body was already at the coroner's. Angela had been identified by her fingerprints because the gunshot to the head had badly disfigured her. Tammy was not allowed to see her daughter. She said, quote, We didn't get to kiss her goodbye. We didn't get to hug her or hold her hand. We didn't get to see anything, you know? So it's difficult for all of us. Tammy had also mentioned that she struggled to get answers after she was questioned by detectives. Questions that began with, did you know your daughter was using drugs? And did you know that she was living like a transient over there, like a homeless person? Tammy did know that Angela had stayed in Shasta County with Michael on and off for years. Regardless of the fact, the line of questioning she received felt as though the police were placing blame on Angela. Now, various articles report that Angela did turn to drugs at some point, something she did without her mother's knowledge. It was also reported that Angela had experience with intimate partner violence. Research found that nearly half of the indigenous victims in Northern California had experienced intimate partner violence at some point in their lives. In Angela's case, she had so feared her boyfriend at one point that she sought and obtained a restraining order against him from the Hoopa Valley Tribal Court. What we don't know for sure is if domestic violence played a role in her death, but all too often we see how prevalent intimate partner violence is in indigenous communities. Three different detectives have had their hands on Angela's case in the first year alone. Because this case is open, there are a lot of specifics that we do not know yet. 
However, according to an article by peoplesworld.org, quote, the murder scene was not even roped off with the yellow tape marking a crime scene. It was left completely open. The crime scene was never secured. Anyone could walk through the area as if it were a public space. Any forensic evidence could have been destroyed or compromised. What we do know is that Shasta County covers nearly 4,000 square miles and the police department is understaffed. Greg O'Rourke is a Yurik tribal member and a Yurik tribal police chief. Whether he's in that position or not today, I'm not sure. He worked as a tribal police officer on the Yurik and Hoopa Valley reservations before spending a dozen years with the Humboldt County Sheriff's Department. What I found interesting is that O'Rourke is working to use his experience to help bridge the gap in the relations between law enforcement and the community. He stated, quote, I've had many deputies and other officers come to me and just ask, why do they act that way when we're trying to help, meaning people on the reservation? And my response to that has always been, do you want the nice, simple answer or do you actually want the real answer? Now, the real answer is pretty much everything we've been saying in this podcast, and it leads back to historical trauma, removal, assimilation, boarding schools, etc. O'Rourke did mention that the Yurik word for police officer translated to he goes and gets people. Now, as a people with a deep-seated distrust of law enforcement that goes back decades, how can there not be some gap in relations, especially if that trust is repeatedly broken over the years? O'Rourke believes that all law enforcement officers should go into the field being more aware of the trauma that people have experienced. That training approach is called trauma-informed policing and is increasingly being adopted by law enforcement in other communities that have been historically disenfranchised. I think this kind of approach is needed in general. We know systemic racism exists, but we also know that police officers have a difficult job, one that I'm sure impacts them on the daily with the things they witness and the scenes they arrive upon. The sheriff's office in Shasta County, along with a matched offer from the Hoopa tribe, now have a reward for $30,000 for information leading to Angela's killer. A billboard on Shasta Dam Boulevard, about a mile from where the murders took place, prominently displays a smiling photo of Angela with information about the $30,000 reward. Tammy, Angela's mother, has been working tirelessly, marching endlessly, always remembering and always praising Angela's writing. A poem Angela had written would wind up on her gravestone, and it reads, Music is my sweet life, together as one against all others. Until the Lord calls me home, may I always be in His good graces. So may it be the best years always, the never-ending story of Ange. If you have any information regarding the murder of Angela McConnell, please contact the Shasta County Sheriff's Office at 530-245-6135 or the anonymous hotline at 530-243-2319. Thanks for listening to We Are Resilient. For links to information found for this episode, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at We Are Resilient Podcast. Send us an email at weareresilientpod at gmail.com or visit us at www.war-podcast.com.